0: You can let go of the idea that you have to do Christmas cards. You can let go of the idea that you have to do Christmas decorations. You can let go of the idea that you have to have a fresh tree. Whatever it is that you think Christmas is all about or the holidays are all about, whatever holiday is you're celebrating, if you can let go of those ideas of what it needs to be, you can reduce so much stress for yourself. Is your child's challenging behavior leaving you feeling exhausted defeated and hopeless you are not alone and i want you to know you are not a failure and your child is not broken welcome to calm the chaos parenting the podcast for parents raising strong-willed highly sensitive or neurodivergent children i'm dana abraham parenting expert, and I have helped hundreds of thousands of families just like yours. Each week, I'll share simple science-backed solutions to help you feel more grounded, in tune, and deeply connected to your child, no matter what challenge you face. Start your journey from surviving to thriving as a family at CalmTheChaosPodcast.com. I like your PJs.
1: I like your PJs.
0: <laughs> for those of you who are listening to the podcast and you are not on YouTube, you might want to go to YouTube for this one just to check out our special outfits
1: for this episode. Well, it is a holiday episode.
0: It is a holiday episode. And We are recording this on a holiday week here in the United States, but we are heading into months of holidays, I feel like, around the world. And so I thought it was a good time for us to talk about some of the struggles that we are seeing in our communities, some of the struggles that we have dealt with as a family, and then how we navigate those struggles during the holidays so that the holidays don't have to be a stressful, terrible, awful time, and instead can be a time of connection and joy and all the things that we want it to be
1: sweet. Okay.
0: What's your favorite thing about
1: the holidays? Virtually zero things about the holidays are great.
0: I was figuring you were probably going to say that, but is if you had to pick one thing that you like about the holidays, is there anything?
1: Last year uh, we were able to slow down a bit during the holidays and you, me, and Flora played Monkey Island, and that was fun to play as a family.
0: Oh, that was fun. I forgot about that.
1: Yeah. And then just recently, I, I bought the Mario Wonder game, mm-hmm. right? And we played as a family. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Uh, so there is some sort of shared bonding, not a lot of work pressure. Yeah.
0: I do feel like this year is the first year. Out of all the years I've known you, and I've known you a long time, we've been married for a long time, this is the first year I saw you actively decorating for the holidays. True. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that at all?
1: No. (laughs) It was really logistical. We took the Halloween decorations back to the storage unit, and I was like, I might as well just bring the Christmas. Mm. And then I didn't want all the Christmas boxes to sit in the house – So I took them all back. This was such a
0: stressful day for me, by the way. So with my own ADHD, he is, hey, he's got great executive functioning skills. So he's, I think we should just do the five minute job where we get everything out of the boxes and then we could do the, the longer job later. And I'm like, it's all a long job. Once you get it out, then the kids are going to want to do the tree. And then it's if you give a mouse a cookie, that that book from when my the kids children, were
1: smart. The children wanted nothing to do with this. They Flora were like, did, but hold the, on, man. It yeah. is November 15th. It's not even December. We're calling yeah. shenanigans.
0: Yeah. Our our autistic 18-year-old was not happy with the fact that we were pulling out the decorations mid-November. Too early. Too it was early. too early. And he normally is like right up there, like putting out the uh, train and everything. He's warmed up a little bit, but...
1: Sure. And And I think that he wants his rules and routines and systems in place. And having the Christmas tree out, having the decorations out early is almost like ramping up his own anxiety Mm -hmm. early.
0: Yeah, because he's getting excited because we hadn't heard anything about anything he wanted or anything like that until the Christmas decorations came out. And now it's, oh, what about this? What about that? And he's he's getting excited about it. So we're not the only ones who are dealing with extra stress, extra chaos when the holidays come around. I think all families deal with this, but especially if you're raising a kid who is neurodivergent, you're raising a kid who has big emotions, likes things a certain way. I'm just curious, what have you already noticed in our community starting to ramp up with the holidays coming?
1: That last week before Halloween is really banana town, because there's so much excitement and so Mm -hmm. much hype over that, that it it frazzles your nervous system, right? Mm -hmm. And then there's a little bit of a letdown or a calm down or like a just coming down period. And then it's, oh, now there's Thanksgiving. Now there's Christmas, right? And
0: now, even before Halloween's over, the stores start putting... Christmas in him. Mm -hmm. And your kids are seeing this, they're hearing it, they're watching commercials about Christmas way before it ever hits November. This period does last even longer, especially for those of us who are raising kids who um, have very set plans or who get overexcited. We want you to know if you've noticed like an uptick in challenging behaviors, or you've noticed yourself getting burnt out or drained, that this is all really common. And we don't see that part on social media. It's definitely not part of the Hallmark movies, right? And so we want you to know that holiday struggles are a very real and normal thing. And so when they happen, I think one of the first things we have to know is this is normal. I'm not failing. My kids are not broken because we're struggling. But I think what happens is we Go into this place of the shoulda, coulda, woulda monster. And we start thinking of the way that the holidays look on screen and the way that the holidays look for, you know, the highlight reel you're seeing on social media. And you get sucked into thinking my kids should be able to go on hay rides. My kids should be able to go to winter wonderland and my kids should be able to go visit Santa. And like none of that stuff really works when you have kids who think differently, act differently, and, you know, need a different environment. And so we're going to be talking through that. We've definitely had our fair share of struggles. I remember one one Christmas, Elay wanted so badly to go see Santa, but then once he got to the mall, he struggled so much with the line, with the noise, with the crowd, with the anticipation that he ended up, I had to get out of the line with him. You ended up going with Flora and Caden, and I had to sit with him in a quiet corner of the mall. And you had to text me when we got close to the front of the line because he was struggling so much with that anticipation.
1: In reality, that probably should have been the plan all along.
0: The plan, what we learned is to go on a day when there isn't as many people. And and it's worth taking him out of school so that he can actually enjoy the
1: experience. Sure, and obviously you're speaking The past, him. Yeah. But making those alternative plans can really be a game changer. And what I was thinking about is, you know, we're getting to the point in society which is really just the tip of the iceberg, but pretty neat that people do have sensory friendly days or you can come early and you have a special pass or whatever that you can register to to do it in the yeah. small line instead of with everyone else yeah.
0: and take advantage of all of those things if you can that's one of the one one tip that we're giving you early is look for the low traffic days look for the days that are less overwhelming with noise and with sounds and with smells and, and just knowing that all those things are adding to the mix right now on top of the underlying anticipation and anxiety and fears and worries and excitement about the upcoming holidays that your kids are dealing with. That's dysregulating their nervous system. So that means any new input is just going to make it that much harder for them. To be able to stay focused, it's going to make it that much harder for them to be able to navigate challenges or unexpected plans changing and things like that. We're also seeing a lot of challenges in our community. We asked online on our Facebook page, what are you most worried about? And there were like five big categories.
1: Sure. Before we go into the challenges, because sometimes it can be super overwhelming to even just list out the challenges, Okay. I, I think we should do just like one small... 30-second pep talk of how they're going to get through this. Okay. Do you have any ideas?
0: This was your grand plan. Okay. I would love to hear your 30-second pep talk. So, Ready? Go.
1: I think that (laughs) the the number one thing I want you guys to think about as you are prepping and, and sitting and mentally preparing for all of the craziness that will ensue in the next month and a half, two months here, is that you're going to get through it you're going to be just fine and you're going to get through it by doing it one tiny next step Mm. at a time, right? And don't get too far ahead of yourself because that's when it starts to snowball.
0: My tiny tip is remove expectations. And what I mean by that is, it is okay to not do the advent calendar and the tree topper and the Christmas cookies and the Christmas craft. It is okay to remove some of these things and still have a quote-unquote magical Christmas, right? Less is so much better during the holidays, especially when you yourself can get overwhelmed and triggered easily, when your kids can get triggered easily and overwhelmed and stressed out. And so the more you can remove and keep it super simple the better it's going to go and the the easier it's going to be for you.
1: Yeah, that's great. As you're listening through this, as you're going through the holidays, right? Think about just that tiny yeah. next step and how you can remove expectations. Yeah, I think that's the great.
0: more you can remove, the better, 100%. Yeah. So
1: I think the number one challenge that we saw when we polled our audience, or however you want to phrase it, is the dreaded extended family.
0: My gosh, yes. So much about the extended family, about the drama that comes from extended family, the stress of being around extended family, the ideas that the extended family has about how you should or shouldn't parent your kid. And we've been seeing a lot of people inside of our community really hit this head on. And I think they've been navigating it really well. We had someone in our Conquer and Thrive program create a whole plan Around what she was going to do as she went to see extended family. And she created, we have something that we call anchors. And anchors are a way to remain calm even when we are met with some things that can be really triggering or frustrating for ourselves. And so she pre planned the things that typically would upset her that she might typically take personally. And so she removed the attack and she just decided, okay. If they could, they would. This has been really powerful for so many people. And what we mean by if they could, they would, it means if they could give you support, they would. If they could understand where you're coming from, they would. If they could give you a break, they would. But a lot of times our family, our extended families, they're not starting from the same place we are. They're not living with these challenges day in and day out. They don't have the education that we have put ourselves through and they are not living the same journey that you are living. And so when we're entering a situation, we have to remove the idea that they are doing this to attack us or out of, out of spite or on purpose. And now is not the time to have those deep conversations and try to change our extended family. Those can happen in the months to come, but when there are 80 people in the house, that is not the time to get in an argument with Aunt Sue over why you do certain things with your family that she would have never done with Cousin Mike.
1: Yeah. And to add to this, I think that one of the best things you can do is prep the family ahead of time Mm. on their expectations. Ooh, that's a good one. I have a super fantastic aunt who is super loving and so excited to see everyone that she becomes very overzealous with the amount of love she's showing and when they don't return that same matched level of excitement or love, regardless of if they feel it internally or through the rest of the year, it really affects her mental what? health. So really reminding the family up front of, hey, this is how my kids typically behave, mm-hmm. or heck, even this how I behave. <laughs> don't take it personally.
0: Yeah. I love that so much. And I think what you just said of letting them know ahead of time. And a lot of times we don't think about that. We think, how am I supposed to know what's going to happen ahead of time? And the thing is you are probably 90,000 times more in tune with your kids than your extended family ever can be. And so if you just think about what works for us, When we meet new people, what works for us when we're in crowded spaces? What do we do at home that works for us? You can start sharing those things ahead of time with your parents, with grandparents, and they may not understand. It is not your job to get them to understand. It's your job to share what works and Just say, I I get that you don't understand what we're doing. This is what works for us. Reminding them that it's not about them. I think that's an important piece. I remember so often when I would do things different than the way my mom did them when I was raised, she would take it as an offense and and think that I was saying that she had done something wrong. I would say to her, or would say to her, mom, you didn't do anything wrong in raising me. You did the best you could. I am just doing things differently based on what I've learned and what I know about my kids. It has nothing to do with you. I still love you. You're an amazing mom. And leave it at that. Now, someone in listening to this is like, but my mom was not an amazing mom. And I get that. I truly believe that everyone is doing the absolute best they can with what they've been given, even if that wasn't the kindest way to handle things, or even if that left some some unresolved trauma, all those things. But now is not the time to work through that when, like I said, you've got 20 people at the house.
1: Yeah. If you can not take things personally, remove judgment, mm-hmm. right? from Even like the incoming yeah. judgment, right? Just don't take that personally. And then whatever they're going through, right? Remove your judgment. Now we're starting from a place with like very little to no walls between you and them. And it becomes a much more open and like compassionate environment to be in.
0: Dana here. And guess what? My book, Calm the Chaos, has officially launched. So if you enjoy the podcast and find the stuff we're sharing valuable, I'm 100% sure you're going to love the book. You can get your copy at calmthechaosbook.com. And if you use this link, you'll also get some special bonuses. So once again, the link is chaosbook.com. Thanks. I hope you're enjoying the show. I think something that's super important when we're talking about other people, and this works even with our children, is that there's only one person you can control, and that's yourself. And so when you can get really clear on what is my goal or my big why for going to the family for the holidays, what is my big why for my family for the holidays? If it is that your immediate family feels connected, seen, heard, valued, then you might make very different choices for your family. And that might mean that you're not going on a 16 hour drive to the family, just because the family makes you feel guilty for not making the drive. So I want you to really allow yourself and give yourself permission to say, what is it I really want? What does our family really want? And then really focus just on how you are showing up because you can't control what others are going to say. Just the other day, our son made the decision. He wanted to stay with us for Thanksgiving instead of going to his, to his dad's side of the family. And grandma was like, that's going to make dad really sad. He doesn't see you often. And my son was like, mom, I feel guilty. And I said, sweetheart, you made a choice based on what you need and what you want for your, for your relationship and for your holiday season. And you can stand tall in that decision that you made. What she says to you is about her and her relationship. It has nothing to do with you, even though it was directed at you. And so teaching our children those lessons, I think, is really important, too, and But I think first we have to really embody those lessons. And we see this in our coaching communities so often, just that taking that personal attack and then saying they should do this and they should do that. And the truth is we can't control how anyone else is going to show up or what they're going to say. So we just have to go ahead and create a plan for ourselves for how we are going to continue to show up no matter how they act or respond.
1: So, I think we can move into sort of category number two, how our kids are showing up during uh, the holidays, which Mm. tends to be filled with a lot of overstimulation, a lot of anxiety, a lot of worry, big emotions, fears. Yes. Yes.
0: And you'll see those pop up even when we're not talking about the holidays. We might be talking about what we're having for dinner tonight and – the reaction is just bigger than it normally is, or the, you get, I don't know. All right. Just make your own decisions or something like that feels over the top. But what we have to realize is that under the surface, our kids are trying to think about all the different variations that could happen over the next month. They're not very good at time management. They don't even understand the passage of time. So this idea of 25-day countdown till we get to the holidays or till we get to Christmas, especially, can be really overstimulating for so many kids. And this idea of, will I get what I want. Will we do what we want? Will we be able to do this? Will we be able to do that? And sometimes it might come across as looking whiny. It might even look really spoiled. I see that a lot during the holidays. People are so afraid that their children might be spoiled. And I think just, you know, Pausing and looking under the surface at where this behavior might be coming from instead of assuming that it's because they don't appreciate the things you do for them, that they don't um, value what they have. All of those things we can really quickly go into. Oh, they're so ungrateful or they're so disrespectful. And I want everyone to enter the holidays with, okay, well, what could be behind this behavior? if I'm not allowed to call it disrespect or I'm not allowed to say it's being ungrateful or that it is undervalued, any of those things, and I have to look even further. Does my child not feel safe about something? Is my child's basic needs not being met? Are they sleepy? Are they hungry? Is their sensory overwhelm? Is Are they not getting their sensory needs met? Are they getting too much sensory input? All those things are things we want to look at when we're looking at the abundance of behaviors during the holiday season.
1: Yeah. And I I see you using the call in the cast framework here, right? How can we really get underneath the surface and figure out what's at the root here and address more of the root as opposed to all the symptoms that are cropping up? You know, so I see that. And then I want to raise the bar a little bit (laughs) and make sure you're doing all of that for yourself. Ooh, that's a really good one. Yeah, because if you are running on empty or if you are already going 85 miles per hour, it is not going to take very much to set you off, Mm -hmm. right? When your anxiety and worries and emotions are already in such a state that is frantic or elevated, Mm -hmm. right? It's not going to take much more to vibrate yourself, like when they come into the room and they're also feeling it, just (sighs) right?
0: Which is why in Calm the Chaos we talk about stage two being that Building your energy reserves. And this is the time where you need those energy reserves more than any other time because there's so much coming at you. There's so much coming at your kids. There's so many events you have to go to and plan for, and new plans you have to navigate, and routines you have to navigate. And so, this is where it's not about getting an hour away from your kids. It's about finding five minutes with your kids to refill your own cup to get that energy reserve in and built up. And we just saw this inside of our community. Someone just posted and said, over the weekend, I really focused on filling my own cup. And then today, my kid really struggled and was upset about XYZ. And it's so amazing how by filling my own cup, I was able to do nothing in the heat of the moment. Because that's really what we need to do is really ride through it. We don't need to give them a lot of input. We don't need to say a lot of things. We don't need to do a lot of actions. But it takes a lot of energy to do that and to not respond and not react. By filling your own cup, you actually are inevitably helping your kids even more because you'll be able to show up in the way you want to show up.
1: Yeah. So this is a perfect segue. You're talking about creating healthy time and energy routines for yourself. One of the biggest challenges that we have during the holiday season is lack of routine around the holidays with, oh, the kids get two weeks off here or a week off here is, what the heck do we do? Mm -hmm. We had so much structure in place with school, and now it's an absolute free-for-all.
0: Yeah. I think we could do an entire episode just on routines and systems, because this is where a lot of people want to jump to. But if you're dealing with big, baffling behaviors, if you are dealing with challenges and arguments and tension, routines really aren't the place you need to start, because it means that you don't have that trust, that relationship, that foundation and safety already built in. And so, but if you're starting from that place where you already have those things before the routines get thrown off, go ahead and start thinking just like earlier, what's working for us. Maybe it works that your kid takes a shower before they do anything else. Maybe it works for your child to listen to an audiobook for them to go to sleep. Maybe it works for them to have a dedicated amount of electronics time. Look for things that already are working Bring your kids together. We do something called a huddle. Bring them together and say, "Hey guys, over the next couple of months, the schedule is going to get all crazy. I would love for us to set up some norms of what we're going to do, no matter what. So, what are our electronics agreements? What are our bedtime agreements? What are our, even if it's at a different time, we're going to keep a similar." routine if possible. Now there might be, if we're over at grandma's until 10 p.m. at night, our routine might be different, but what are the things that we can keep the same? So there's some normalcy, so there's some safety and some rituals involved that allows your kids to be like, oh yeah, I know what this is, right? So even if you're getting home and it's two hours later than normal bedtime, what are some of the things that you know help your kids feel safe, secure, And settled to be able to go to sleep. Adding those in can be really helpful. Choosing those ahead of time can be really helpful. Um, And then setting some parameters around those can also be helpful. But again, I'm going to go back to the thing I said earlier of letting go. Letting go of, and when I say this, people think it just means it's a free for all, but letting go of the demands and the expectations. We must keep a clean room. We need to, we need to do step one, two, three, four, five, six, and then you can have electronic time. This can feel really overwhelming for a child who's already overstimulated, who's already dealing with a lot of anxiety, who's already got big emotions over what's going on. The more you can reduce your demands, And instead, get really clear on connection, that being the number one focus, and that felt safety of my environment feels safe, my sensory system feels safe, my nervous system feels Mm -hmm. safe. If you can focus on that over routines and systems, it really is gonna help you in the long run with your family.
1: Yeah, and I think what you're saying is like, establishing the concept that we're on the same team Mm -hmm. is like foundationally different than the past, I don't know, like millennia of parenting. (laughs) So yeah, I I think it can be an absolute game changer and it's not a throw everything out, start brand new. Like it's a slow build and it's a slow churn to get to where you want to go. But that is the end game, right? That family team.
0: Right. And it's not forever either. So if you're reducing some demands, let's say that cleaning the room is just over the top difficult during this time of year, it's okay to remove that. If doing dishes for yourself or doing laundry for yourself is overstimulating and it's just too much because you're also organizing the holiday lights or you're also organizing you know, those things, it's okay to let go of some of the things that you thought had to happen. So whether it's for you or it's for your kids, right? You can let go of the idea that you have to do Christmas cards. You can let go of the idea that you have to do Christmas decorations. You can let go of the idea that you have to have a fresh tree. Whatever it is that you think Christmas is all about or the holidays are all about, whatever holiday is you're celebrating, you if you can let go of those ideas of what it needs to be, you can reduce so much stress for yourself. The same is true for your kids. If you release this idea of what a clean room needs to look like or what the routine needs to look like or what electronic time needs to look like during this short time period, it can open up a lot of opportunity for you and your child to focus on the safety and the connection over I followed all the rules and I followed all the systems and all the routines.
1: Sure. And it's funny to me as we're talking about this I know we're talking about the holidays, but like this, these are just like the same things we would say for all other parenting situations.
0: I think a hundred percent, but I think they are just blown out of proportion. Everything
1: is so intensified. Yeah. Now in the routine section that we were just talking about, we talked about electronics a bit. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that you would like to specifically address with electronics?
0: I think what happens is it can become a free-for-all where yep. kids just are on electronics and you know your kids best. Some some kids can handle the free-for-all during the two weeks of you can have electronics whenever you want them and they can self-regulate and get off of electronics. A lot of kids can't, though. And so setting up some fun ways to include the kids in electronics, like we did a family game. We also do one movie a day with our kids for the holidays, and we choose one for the two month period. Really, we are watching Halloween movies, and then we're watching other movies as we go. And they're not always Christmas movies, and they're not always holiday movies, but we are bringing our electronics together So that there is some togetherness there and they're not just stuck in their own rooms. A lot of times kids are getting new electronics and things like that for the holidays. And it's a parent's inclination to put immediate restrictions and routines and rules around the electronics You want to make sure that you work together on this. And it's not just, here's all these demands. Here's what I'm asking of you. Here's what has to happen or no electronics. You're putting yourself and your kid in a place where they're going to fail. And you're going to end up with more fights than you are connection. And just realizing, hey, you just got something new. Can I sit with you? Can I play with you? And that is one of our number one tips when it comes to electronics is sit with your kid for a week. Because if you sit with your kid playing these games or doing the thing they're doing, you are going to notice why they're struggling to get off of electronics it could be that they don't have an end point it could be that they start too late in their time and they're not done yet or they haven't beat the boss or whatever it is and but when you sit with them you have the same language you join their world you build connection And that's what I would encourage people to do during the holidays is to join their kids in their electronic usage and play.
1: Yeah, And at the end of the day, you are immersing yourself in their world, Mm -hmm. right? Even myself playing the Mario game, the Wonder game, right? I'm like, okay, last level, Flora, don't let me play anymore. And then I I do the thing and I jump and I'm on the flagpole. And then I'm like hitting the next button. She's, Papa, what are you doing? You said no more (laughs) because you want to do the next boss and you want to get the next wonder seed or whatever it is. But you get to remember how hard it is to stop something that is way more fun than going to bed.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's what I'm encouraging everyone to do is just put yourself in your kid's shoes um, as much as you can instead of um, letting the fear that is being shared in all the news stories and on social around allowing your kids electronics. Electronics aren't going anywhere. Our kids are living in an electronic world. And so getting clear on what you want, but also then sharing your concerns with your kids and coming up with a something that works for both of you, I think is super important. So I think that for now, these are some really big topics. We talked about extended family. We talked about anxiety and overstimulation. We talked about routines and electronics. And I think those are the big heavy hitters I when it so, comes too. to navigating the holidays, especially if you're raising a strong-willed, over, highly sensitive, uh, or neurodivergent child. There, It adds a lot of dynamic to the holidays that many families don't have to think about. And I want you to know more than anything else is that... You are not alone. You are not failing. Nothing is wrong with your kid. I know they are not acting like the other kids at the holiday party. I know that you're getting stares and glances from others, but I also know that we operate a community of thousands of, of families around the world. And this happens every day, all day, with families around the world. And so I know you're not alone. And I also know that things are changing in the world and more people are becoming more aware and more accepting of these differences and these challenges. And so if you're lacking that community, if you're lacking the tools um, to navigate the things that we've been talking about today, I highly recommend you check out Calm the Chaos and our community and the services that we provide because I, I don't want you to feel like you're alone. And now is the time that you definitely shouldn't feel that loneliness. Do you have any final thoughts or words, wisdom for the holidays?
1: There is a magic to behaving like a kid, thinking like a kid, immersing yourself in their world, having that connection, having those relationships. There can be some room for some amazing stuff if you allow it.
0: I think that's beautiful. So be playful, be fun, have some fun, allow that fun. And if anything in today's podcast resonated with you, we would ask that your tiny next step be that you send us a message. Let us know what resonated with you, what really stood out and what questions you might have that we could address on a future episode. As always, I want to remind you that you are exactly the parent that your child needs. You are not failing. Your child is not broken. And you are definitely not alone. Oh, and before I go, one quick note for all of you who are enjoying the podcast. My new book is officially live and I know you're going to love it. So just a quick reminder, you can go get your copy at CalmTheChaosBook.com. And if you do, you'll get some cool bonuses as well. Once again, get your copy at CalmTheChaosBook.com and I'll see you next week.